Hey, welcome to the Kimberly and Coach Show. I'm Coach Culbertson. She's Kimberly Culbertson, and we're a speaking and podcasting duo on a mission to recharge, retool, and rehumanize leadership. Welcome to the new podcast. So, hey, we're really excited to bring you a new format you're going to be able to use every day. We're actually designing this so you can actually land on a practice of value that's active and tangible that you can walk into work with. Kimberly, why don't you tell us why we're doing any of this? <laughs> okay, so... About a year ago, I had the extreme privilege of being able to give a TEDx talk here in Austin, Texas, and that talk had to do with employee engagement and team member engagement, and though the talk was about 13 minutes long, the part that everybody always brings up for that handful of people who have actually watched and or listened to the talk. Hey, there's like 200 and some odd. Yeah. Just saying. Viral. That's that's a viral <laughs> that's... TED talk right there. <laughs> not not the most viral TEDx talk that ever was. But when people do listen to it or watch it, what they come back with is they constantly are talking about the end of it. And so basically, I built a case for employee engagement, and then I gave people a tool, and the tool is called the marker trick. And so as people have engaged with the talk. The only kind of feedback that we get is people coming back and saying, hey, I, I got marker tricked at work today, and it totally <laughs> worked on me. Or, um, or they'll say, I tried the marker trick with this shy employee, and it completely worked. It and was amazing. Taught, and it was, <laughs> oh my gosh, it turns out they actually did have something to say after all. Yeah, literally, aside from maybe, you know, my mom, no one has talked to me about any other part of the talk. <laughs> it's just it's just that this particular trick, this tangible thing that they could do to affect their culture was the most interesting part. And so as we were dreaming about relaunching our podcast into what is now going to be the Kimberly and Coach Show, we started thinking about how that is the piece that had the most resonance. And I think it comes down to I've never spoken to a leader that doesn't want good culture, right? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I hear from leaders all the time that they want a dank, dreary, horrible culture that people just really despise hate. coming to every day. If they could just really hate that moment they pull into the parking lot, that's really the goal. Yeah, then that would just be that would make their job a complete success at that point. Yeah, right. no one ever says that. <laughs> no one's ever thinking that. It's it's. I mean, it, it would have to be quite rare. You know, <laughs> some sadistic manager out there is like, yes, they're hating <laughs> <Yes>. their life. <laughs> <laughs> but generally, everybody wants a good culture, and so I, when you think about how do corporate teams and businesses go about creating a culture the thing that springs to mind for me and for most people that I've spoken to is well we painstakingly like comb over our mission statement we get like a, a corporate retreat center we have someone facilitate our mission statement making and we spend three or four days locked in arguments about what the actual phrasing should be and where the commas should go. And then we get that beautiful statement etched on some plaque. Yes. And then it's we all hang about it the plaque. in the hallway, the entryway. <laughs> and it says, oh, our culture. It is this. This That's is our culture. Inspirational. That's inspiration <laughs> right there. It's like those uh, 90s posters with the eagles. <laughs> yeah. 
I love those. And yet, I mean, there's very few big corporate companies that don't have a really nice mission statement. It's often so divorced from the day-to-day culture. And I think we, we know as leaders what we're dreaming of for our culture. We have an idea of what we hope is true, even what we would like to be true, what we're aiming at. But there aren't, there aren't clear practices to get culture into the actual fabric of the corporation, of the team. Um, and I think part of that is because culture is not built with grand gestures. That That is... Um, you get an iPad and you get an iPad. <laughs> we all get iPads and that's I mean, what would change hey, your culture. I mean, I mean it's if cool. You get iPads a lot. If you get if you get technology consistently, then that would be part of your culture. If like one day every ten years you get something like an iPad, then that's not gonna really change the culture. I gave you an iPad. Why don't you feel valued? <laughs> yeah. A lot of times I do We spent see, billions of dollars on iPads. Oh my gosh, yes. And People said they didn't feel valued, and so we bought everyone a mug, and it says, hey, you're valued, so now you should be good for the next four years, right? Right. I mean, of course, because you're going to drink out of that every day and feel valued every day, <laughs> every day. right? So valued. Yeah. We or could not. We could tell funny, <laughs> sad culture stories for the long podcast, but the thing that actually creates culture is how we do every moment in the day today, and a lot of leaders don't know exactly how do I get this thing that I'm aiming for? And so we wanted to create a podcast that gives people actual tools and actual practice that they could kind of weave into the fabric of their everyday. And so we had this idea that what if when you're working out in the morning, which is the only time I really listen to podcasts, I always want to work out and listen to something fun. Um, Or if you're driving to work, you're sitting on a train, you're going into the office you are listening to this podcast and you can walk into your day with a practice that you could put into play that very day and just experiment with it. See if it works, see if it moves the needle or if it doesn't. That's the idea. So I think one of the interesting things about this is that it's moving us towards acting into a new culture Mm -hmm. versus just writing things down. Because I know some shops, they have literally like, like a almost a hundred page manual on their values, right? And everybody reads that cover to oh, cover. Oh yeah, and, but it sits on a shelf. I mean, the, literally, I don't know how many thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars they took to produce, produce this manual. Which is okay, super cool idea, right? But how are you going to do that? I mean, you know, hey, look, here's a hundred pages of values. <laughs> you know, and exactly zero people care about that. I feel like that is 0% for building culture and 100% for CYA. <laughs> it's so that you can fire someone. <laughs> you have a paper trail. See, it's in our values. Right. Your on page 108. pants are not long enough or <laughs> your hair is the wrong color or whatever. Jerry Sternin says that it's easier to act your way into a new way of thinking then think your way into a new way of acting. And that's from a little little ditty called The Power of Positive Deviance. Yeah, I have a mentor who says this all the time, but it's quoted often by a number of people. And basically the idea is that we always think if we think harder about something, if we really think about it and learn about it, then we will do it. You have to actually move into the doingness of it. You talked about your TEDx talk earlier and the marker trick 
which you didn't tell us what the marker trick actually is. So that's my secret strategy to get my talk to go viral. <laughs> now you have to all go watch the TEDx talk on YouTube. No, I'm just, no, kidding. just kidding. I mean, you can, I mean, but kind of. <laughs> um, well, the marker trick is a lot of times people want the voices of the people on their team. They want to know what they're thinking. They want them to feel bolder in sharing their ideas, but they don't know how to actually get people to trust that it's okay to share their ideas. Mm. And so if you have this culture where you want 100% of their buy-in, you want their full engagement, and yet people mostly kind of sit back and wait for someone else to speak, then a way to call out the voice of an employee or a team member is if you just imagine sitting in a meeting room, you've got a whiteboard at the front, you're the leader, so you're probably standing or sitting at the head of the of the room. And so you're holding your whiteboard marker and you need someone else's perspective. And so what you would do is you would hold out the marker to them and invite them to the front of the room. And when you do that, it's actually hilariously hard to not take something that someone is giving to you. Kimberly hands me the weirdest stuff. Just for fun. All the time. I think it's so fun to play. You got, just, just try it. This is not really a leadership trick, just like a funny party trick is (laughs) like, take something that no one would really want, like a rock or your empty soda can and just hand it to them. And like 99 out of 100 people are going to take it from you. And then once they're holding it, they're like, why'd you give me this? Uh, Now I have a thing. Um, why <laughs> anyway, is, why am I that's not the thing? point of the trick, except for that if you hand somebody a whiteboard marker, they'll probably take it. And that is the first step. And so when you invite them up to the room, to the front of the room, so that they can share their thoughts, that transferring of the marker actually is speaking in all of the ways that we receive information. So there's um, three different ways that people learn and process information. So there's auditory. So if I say, hey, coach, come and tell us what you think about this, then everybody hears that. And then there is visual. So everybody can see that I'm holding out the marker. And then there's kinesthetic. And so the real kinesthetic piece of it, which is how people experience, they learn through experiencing and hands-on kind of stuff, is that then when coach comes to the top of the room, then I sit in his seat. Everybody's like, Whoa. So now, now, now the person is up at the front and I'm sitting down. And so that is signaling in a really experiential way, not only to them, but also to me, that this is not the part that I'm leading, that I'm inviting this person's voice fully. I think this is a very challenging piece for some folks because they're not interested in giving up the, the power of the marker. Right, which is, which is where this podcast is. The question is, what is the kind of culture that you want and what is a practice that will get you there? So if what you want is a culture where you tell everybody what to do, they receive it silently, and then they go do it like little robot arms. This is probably not the podcast for this you. This is not the practice for you <laughs> at the very least, right? That's, that's a way to allow other ideas that aren't yours into the room. So... That will cost you if you give your marker away. (laughs) Yeah. But even though there is, we're making fun a little bit, but even though there's a loss of control 
when you hand someone your marker and you sit down, you've signaled that they get to speak now. If you jump right back up and steal it back from them, then <laughs> you're signaling something then too, right? Yeah. And so this is something where if you intentionally want to invite more voices or to lift up um, a person into a place of influence on your team, this is the pra- this is a practice that you can use to do that. Yeah. This is going to take some intentionality. Sure, yeah. And it's going to, because so much time, so many times in leadership spots, what are we doing? We're just putting, running around putting out fires. Right. Yeah, and we're simply reacting to whatever conditions are in play. But this is a kind of practice that, regardless of the conditions that are in play, this is something that you could actively intentionally do and shift the entire energy and input stream in the entire in the whole room right and open up completely new pathways of thinking for not just you but your entire group that's in the room with you sure definitely and i think that's why we are interested in the idea of practices of value as opposed to you know an action item or an action step but a practice is something that you do consistently over and over and we're gonna in our next episode have um, a yoga therapy instructor come and talk to us about practice and how they lead and i think that is gonna kind of make this idea bloom a little bit more but the idea is that you don't build culture with one with one action one time right Culture, by definition, is what are the consistent actions of this group? Yeah. And those con- those consistent actions become the culture. Yeah. And every group has consistent actions. Right. A lot of shops are like, well, we don't have any practices like that. We don't have any. But oh, you, you do. you do. But they might be unintentional. Right. And they may be kind of agreed upon subconsciously by the group. Mm-hmm. And some of those practices might be amazing. And some of those practices may be terrible. You know, <laughs> right. because so many, I, I recently read an article about how you don't need any team building. You don't need any culture building. You just need to work together. And then cultural and naturally happen out of that. And I'm like, well. It will. Yeah. <laughs> b- b- but <laughs> that's may not be what you actually want. And it may not be effective. As a matter of fact, oftentimes, we find that that culture that is built without intention is usually sucking the life out of your people and causing them to well, rebel it, quietly. <laughs> it, it might be. It depends a lot who is who is doing the culture building. Um, if someone is is has a high emotional intelligence and someone is. Um, intrinsically valuing of their team, then they may, without intentionality, build a great culture. But then it's hard to how do you replicate that? It's hard to replicate it, yeah. Until you become more leaves, conscious of what you're doing, yeah. Yep. Which which would be a great episode for the future, <laughs> right? Because there's there's a lot of study about unconscious competence, mm. where and it makes it very hard to then. Um, pass pass a business on or have have that person move on and keep the the culture if the person is just good at it but they're not conscious about what they're doing how do you retrain someone so it's really interesting stay tuned for that episode and by the way here's a spoiler (laughs) practices of value practices of value we're really excited (laughs) about this podcast we're very excited to invite you into this podcast because it's going to be digestible and quick 
you'll get to hear from some of our favorite people and some leaders who really have some interesting ways that they build culture. And hopefully you can take the parts that you love right into your role. And whether you're a team member or a leader, you can build the kind of culture that you want to be a part of. And that sounds great to me. I'm stoked. Yeah, I think that our cl- in closing, as we kind of bring this up first episode in for a landing, I think the idea that we should stop and consider what kind of practices we are actively rolling with inside of our current teams, I think just stop and notice them. And some of them might be, like I said, perfect. And some right. of them might be not. <laughs> so at that point, you know, something as simple as the marker trick that quite honestly, no one's going to know you're doing. Unless they've listened to this podcast. Unless they've listened to this podcast, like smart people do. <laughs> uh, it is funny how many people have come up and said, oh, it happened to me today, but they wouldn't have known, but it's such a strong signal. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that's true. If you're not sure, if you're a leader and you're not sure what your practices are, an interesting step might be to ask people that you lead. Like, what are things I do that create culture? And people will tell you because they know the things that you're doing. Right, right. They know what to expect from you in a certain situation if they've worked with you for any time. Mm -hmm. So if you're not sure, they might be able to tell you. Yeah. For example, some of my students that I've had in multiple classes would oftentimes tell me about coachisms. (laughs) And I'm like... You have so uh, many. (laughs) Coachisms. I'm like, yeah, it's the things that you do all the time the things that you say all the time that make your classes so effective. These are what we remember. And they're hallmarks, right? They're, they're like your little trademarks about so what, what the things Give us an example are. of a coachism. Super happy fun bonus time. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have not had class with me or training with me, the Super Happy Fun Bonus Time is a segment at the end of all of my classes and trainings that I give folks like a bunch of extra, really super awesome, fun things. And it's part of the like this huge value add at the end of every session. And no, our podcast is not going to have Super Happy Fun Bonus Time yet. Because, you know, listen, we've only got so, many, so much time. However, uh, little things like Super happy fun bonus time. Like, is, you know, I guarantee you if you were to Google super happy fun bonus time right now, nothing else will come up because it's mine. <laughs> you know, it's a coachism. <laughs> he also signs all of his email from your friendly neighborhood instructor in, in his corporate right, right. training job. <laughs> is that completely ripping off Stan Lee? Probably. I mean, a little, but it does create a, a certain culture that practice. Right. Because I am friendly and I'm in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Even if your neighborhood is around the world, we're all, you know, it's the magic of technology. <laughs> the thing is that we all have things that we do consistently. And the idea of this podcast is that we can do them intentionally. On purpose. Yes. And have it not be weird, <laughs> too. And I think that's the other thing about this is that it doesn't have to be weird. To you know, I mean, you don't have really to really preferably it wouldn't, right? Maybe. Right? I mean, you know, you all don't have to sit around in a circle and hold hands in order to make everyone feel valued. As a matter of fact, that might be the opposite of what you should do, uh, especially if you talk to your HR professionals because they'd be like, mm, mm-hmm. 
maybe pushing some lines here. But if you're starting a cult. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's start a cult. Don't start a cult. No. No, 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 no. no. That's not <laughs> what this podcast is about. So we're going to bring this on in for a landing. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. You've been listening to The Kimberly and Coach Show, a podcast dedicated to giving you practices of value that you can use today. If you'd like to connect more or book us for your next company event or conference, hit us up at KimberlyandCoach.com. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.